Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Matt, I'm really excited. What has it been? Over a year in lockdown together doing these yeah, via yeah. this avenue? Yep. I don't need to tell you, but my internet connection has been problematic. Yes, to say the least. To say the least. I don't think anything's caused me as much heartache and anger in the last five years as my internet connection. Really? Okay. Yeah. Is this a recent problem because we're doing a podcast together so you realised it was so bad or was it always an issue? Oh, it's always been an issue. Okay, fine. For instance, if I had to transfer anything music-wise for Busted, right, I had to get a Costa. I had to (laughs) drive to Costa. And the internet in Costa's not great. It's not great, no. (laughs) It would take like 48 hours in my house to transfer a guitar file. Oh my God. I love that there's people who work in a local Costa who's like, fuck, I think hard times for Matt Willis coming in here to using the internet every day. Oh my God. But I've solved it, Matt. I've solved the issue. You've solved the issue. Today, this afternoon, a little box is turning up. And it's going to change my world. And I'm very excited. Just when the kids have gone back to school and we can start doing these in person again. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, it couldn't be worse timing. But, you know, porn is going to be brilliant again. So great. Porn is going to be excellent again. You can stream it onto every television in the house if you want. No buffering. No buffering. There's no kids in the house anymore. Exactly. Oh, my God. I remember once being on a tour bus, right? We were in America and we were touring America and we stopped. And next to the, like, garage, like a service station, whatever they call them there, next to that was, like, a naughty video store. And I was like, oh, that's quite interesting Yeah, as a truck stop. So I went in there, right, and I got the Pamela Anderson DVD. Okay. The home movie. This was like in like 2003 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got it and I was so excited. (laughs) And I came back on the bus and I had it and no one would watch it. And I was like, oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. And so they wouldn't do it. And then the next day we flew back to England and I forgot I had it in my backpack. Yeah. So we then got on another bus in the UK and we watched it on the way to the gig. Amazing. And we were all watching the Pamela Anderson video on the boat with Tommy Lee as we rolled into the venue. Years later, yeah, you know, like when Busted reformed, <laughs> I was in an interview and they asked for any questions from the crowd. I was like, you know, looking around, someone put their hand up and I was like, yep. Yeah, Yep, go ahead. And they were like, once we were standing outside of Newcastle Arena and we saw your tour bus turn up and there was hardcore porn on the television. Would you like to explain? I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Forgot that we had the blinds up, you know, so anyone could just see into the telly. And there's, you know, Tommy and Pammy going at it. Yeah, so brilliant. (laughs) 
But I love that she remembered it. What a lasting memory of Busted. That's the kind of thing you would remember. Exactly. exactly. That's enough of our dirty talk today. Yeah, let's move on. Today on the show, we've got a comedian I absolutely love. Like, he's so good. Yeah. He's a comedian I really look up to the stuff he does. Uh, I was really chuffed he came on the podcast. It's Ed Gamble. You, you've seen on Live at the Apollo, Taskmaster. He's on Mot the Week all the time. Basically, the stuff that won't book me. So you know he's good at comedy. Yes, you definitely do. So here he is. Enjoy Ed Gamble. This is when no one's watching. The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide whether they're good, bad. Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad, bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done. You might be asking why they tell us these things. And it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year. And I'm Matt Willis from Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah. Hello, welcome to When No One's Watching, the podcast where we talk to celebrities, comedians and that about the things they get up to when no one's watching. It's me, Matt Richardson and Matt Willis. Hello, how are you doing? I love that you separate celebrities from comedians. Can they not be both? No, they are separate. Are they? Are they really? Because comedians make the choice to step over into celebrity and then stop being comedians. Oh, really? Right. (laughs) And it's a one-way street, unfortunately. And you can never come back. No. Right. Uh, But we do have a comedian on the podcast today. One of my favourite comedians in the country. He's on Mop the Week all the time, every television show going. And he also has one of the best stand-up specials you can stream on Amazon Prime called Blood Sugar. It is Ed Gamble. Oh, that's so kind. It's difficult to listen to compliments about yourself and not be able to cut in and tell you how they're wrong. What's wrong about that? That's all I want to do is go, shut up, I'm rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) But I just had to sit there and take it. But also, you're missing out this that I did, which was better than that. So Yeah, exactly. I've also got a huge list of things that come before that, thank you. How are you? All right, thank you. Yeah, not bad. Behind you is like a very good selection of stuff to have behind someone. Yeah, it's very well curated. It's the opposite of the vibe of your podcast, I'd say. This is very much uh, the public-facing version of me and not what happens behind closed doors. Is that a Taskmaster trophy? That is the Taskmaster trophy. Yeah. So that is Greg Davis's head. That's very cool. What's the other trophy? And then that is Richard Osman's House of Games trophy. Basically, if you book me on a TV show, I'm going to win it. (laughs) Boom. Even if there is no structure to win the show previously. No, exactly. <laughs> I, will, I will win it, whatever the show is, regardless of whether it's a competition, I will win it. And if you've seen either of those shows, you will realise that I won them at the cost of doing my job and being funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Ed. Really excited to have you. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, how do you feel about admitting these kind of things publicly that you're going to admit? I think it's interesting that you make the division between comedians and celebrities. I feel like comedians are much more willing to reveal these sorts of things. It's the job. That's where we get most of our material from, I think. I think it's the job. But also, I think we're because of that, more protective over how we reveal things. Because you curate it naturally. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But also, I think as well, with comics, out of all the things of like singers, actors and everything, comics think we're the coolest ones. Yeah, I yeah think. definitely. We, we yeah. think we've got the most integrity. So when you admit something that isn't very cool necessarily, or it kind of, you know, makes sure you don't have that integrity, it becomes quite difficult to talk about. Like, I've got things that for years I wouldn't admit, like my love of planes, for example, because I thought, well, I'm a cool comedian, and then very quickly realised I wasn't. Yeah, but I think that's when you hit proper pay dirt as a comic, is when you find something that you're into that no one else is. And then, like, any time now, some commissioners are sitting around going, we want to make a humour show about planes. You're going to be the first name on that list, mate. Yeah, and it's the same with you in metal, I guess. Yeah. You're kind of the metal comedian now. Yeah, I'm the diabetic comedian. I've dug myself into as many different holes as possible. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> have you ever hit pay dirt with diabetes? Not yet. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. I'm a spokesperson for a couple of charities, but that ain't earning any money. <laughs> I'm looking to get into the pocket of Big Pharma. Fingers crossed it's going to happen anytime, anytime soon. Well, the face of overpriced insulin. Yes, exactly. I suppose with comedy, right, you, you kind of have that kind of fallback that it's just for laughs, you know, so you could be making it all up, right? So you could be like um, admitting something on stage, for instance, and it could be not real just for the last. So you've kind of yeah. Got I think I think you've on, right? got uh, control over how you tell people things and how and how you describe them. It's not like someone's just spilling the goss on you. Uh, but I, sometimes that's I, like I know me and me and Richardson have done a lot of panel shows where it's comics and celebrities. Yeah. Quite often the celebrities in inverted commas are the funniest ones because they're just they're just talking like there's no like they're not trying to curate if they're coming across cool or in a funny way so right because there's no artifice that's why these people are popular as well because they're genuinely like quite friendly and fun uh, and they're not sitting there sort of pouring over a notepad going how would i seem friendly and fun <laughs> <laughs> well i reckon we should just get straight into these so ed can we have your first confession please yes absolutely i enjoy watching mukbang videos and specifically, I've watched hundreds of videos of like fitness vloggers doing 10,000 calorie plus challenges where they film themselves for a whole day eating as many calories as possible. Explain to me what a mukbang is. So mukbang is weirdly less disgustingly sexual than it sounds. I think they started in Korea, but it tends to be like people just eating massive meals and filming themselves eating it. They don't even talk necessarily. They just sit there and eat loads of food and you watch it. In one sitting? Yeah, in one sitting. Really? But sort of specifically the subgenre of that I'm into is fitness vloggers. <laughs> <laughs> like insanely in shape people who'll be like, today I'm having a cheat day. I'm going to eat 10,000 calories. And then there's people who do 20,000 calories. And there's one guy who did 100,000 calories, but I think he's ill. 100,000 calories? Yeah, in a day. My- Good Lord. Because they're having a cheat day. Yeah. They're like, well, I'm going to really push what a cheat day is. I'm really going to push it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know why I watch it, really. I don't know what psychological itch it's scratching, particularly. But I just enjoy watching people eat loads of shit food. Is it always shit food as well? Yeah, I mean, it's got to be shit food if you're going to get over 100,000 calories or 10,000 calories. I don't want to watch someone eat 10,000 calories of lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> the 100,000 calorie one, like, what was on the menu? There's a guy called Eric the Electric on YouTube. Love it. And his whole life seems to be just eating like shitloads of food. Uh, and and he's like a skinny guy as well. And he works out a lot and he cycles a lot. But then he'll do like a Reese's challenge where he just eats like 12,000 calories of purely Reese's products uh, <laughs> or like Krispy Kreme challenges. <laughs> He did one recently where he ate 5,000 calories of donuts a day for a week. What? But you say he's in shape. Well, I mean, probably not internally. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw him on the street, you wouldn't be like, that guy's just eating 5,000 calories of donuts. I'd imagine if he did an x-ray, it's probably just brown soup. And what's the point of that, though? Why is he doing it? What is the point of anything on YouTube? It is, like, millions of people watch these. I can't tell you why. I mean, maybe it might have something to do with the fact I'm on a diet at the moment, so I'm literally just watching other people eat what I want and living vicariously through them. I'm like a virgin watching porn at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've got to admit, I did watch a mukbang video. Good lad. It was probably the saddest thing I've ever seen. (laughs) 
it was tragic. Like this guy was eating KFC, and he had, like he had things. Obviously, American. So there's lots of things that were on the menu there that aren't here, like mac and cheese and things like that. Mm. And he was just talking through it and going, "Oh no, I don't like the skin of all oh, this popcorn chicken." And then he was talking about his life and his upbringing, and it was. It was a real cry for help. It was it was actually uncomfortable. Well, you think doing them's a cry for help. Imagine watching them. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's not like I'll be eating lunch by myself and then just have one on. I mean, I'm sure at the back of my mind, I'm like, it's like I'm having lunch with a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you think when you watch porn and wank? You're like, well, it's yeah. like I'm with a friend. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's just like, like I'm in the room with me. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what enjoyment are you getting out of it? I mean, like you say, it is a very sad feeling. I require background noise at every point in my life. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> good with silence. And having someone waffling on in the background and eating while I'm eating, I think just stops thoughts from creeping up. <laughs> so you said you're on a diet at the moment, so you're eating healthy. So do you watch these people eating this oh, bad here we, food? Here we fucking go. He's latched onto someone else eating healthy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do you watch them eating oh this bad God. food and you can kind of pretend that you're kind of eating it with them? Yeah, I'm imagining. I'm imagining eating that sort of thing. Right. Have you ever been tempted to do one? No, mainly because I'm type 1 diabetic. I think even trying one of those days would be an absolute nightmare. To me, that would just be too much admin. <laughs> But, I mean, it'd be quite exciting because there is an extra level of jeopardy there with you doing it. Sure, I mean, it'd get a lot of hits. <laughs> it really would. Yeah, depending on whether I'd be alive to upload it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have to be in my last will and testament would be, if you find my body next to an empty bag of Krispy Kreme, please upload the video. <laughs> <laughs> You're quite big into health, aren't you now? Now and again, I go in real phases with it. And at the moment, I am into health, yes. Matt Willis is into all of the health. All of the yeah. health. He's a very healthy man. He's the kind of person that has turned being healthy into an unhealthy thing. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to these mukbangers because when I do go in, I go fully in. Yeah. Like I was like 10,000 calories. And I'm pretty sure I could do that quite easily. <laughs> 100,000, that's a different thing. I think I've done 10,000 calories by accident on a regular basis. Yeah, complete 100%. Yeah, I think that's quite doable. So you reckon you can just do it anyway, Matt? I think I could do it anyway. In fact, I'd quite like to do one. <laughs> I'm feeling a bit mukbangy. I feel like we should do one, Matt. Let's do a mukbang. Me and you should sit down and do one. A mukbang. A, a mukbang. mukbang! Yes! That's a different style of video. Yeah, I was going to say. It <laughs> I mean, now, talking about it, we know what we mean by that. But if you advertise that, it's going to be a very different yeah, audience yeah. to attract. Watch our mukbang on our OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have on a cheat day then, Matt? If you were going to go all in, what would you have? I mean, I'm a big fan of pancakes. Like... If there's a pancake place, I will go there specifically for them. Thin ones or thick ones? Big, thick American-style ones. Like, the thin ones, I'm like, you know, it just reminds me of being a kid and wishing that they were the thick ones. I don't really like fast food, so I wouldn't go to, like, one of the fast food restaurants. I'd prefer something like ice cream. Sugar's my nemesis. Well, same here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the admin, the upkeep must just be horrendous. <laughs> it's just the admin. It's a nightmare, yeah. If, say, all the admin was in order, there was, you know, a doctor on hand, and you could do one of these days, what would yours be? I'd definitely go big on ice cream as well, I think. And peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter stuff. Did you ever used to watch that programme, Man vs. Food? Yes, I've seen every episode. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I found it fascinating. What I found even more fascinating is once he had an ice cream sundae. It was enormous, like the size of a boat. Like it was ridiculous. And he was eating this ice cream and he started to turn a bit pale and look a bit queasy. And I was like, it's game over. He can't do it. By the way, I know exactly what this story is, but carry oh, on. Right. <laughs> and I just want to let you know that I'm fully with you for the ride. And then he had some, then he ordered some salty French fries. Crunchy French fries. Yeah. He had them, changed his palate, 
and was able to eat more ice cream. Really? Yeah. I was like, wow. It's a great Gonna moment. remember that it's trick. A great moment. And then he carried on. Yeah, because apparently it's palate fatigue. That's the thing. Palate like, fatigue. Eventually your body just says, nah, done with that. So change it and then you're back in. I suppose that's why at the end of a meal, I mean, Ed, you'll know this, uh, having a podcast all about food. At the end of a meal, when you're stuffed, you can still have dessert because your body's like, oh, that's a bit different. Yeah, different stomach. <laughs> a different stomach. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. uh, it's a lot of science on your podcast from what I've listened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're proponents of the different stomach theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there some sort of follow-up with these people? So they do it and then you go, and then they, uh, two days later, they're like, oh, now I feel like shit and I weigh more. Or is it just the eating? Yeah, a lot of them will do follow-ups, but quite often, if they're having a cheat day, they'll still work out. So there's this guy, actually another Mac, this guy called Matt Does Fitness on YouTube, who does loads of these cheat days, and he's like proper rips. It's disgusting. He has the worst diet. He'll just pummel stuff down, and then in the middle of the day, he'll go and do some deadlifts, but you can skip past those bits if you know when they're coming up. <laughs> That's not part of my dream. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what's that. No, no, no. You're interested in the food. Yeah. Say if you didn't have to be in shape um, because of your diabetes or because of your job like you know you want to look all right would you just eat everything and not be bothered um no because i've i have been that before i mean we've known each other for many years now man you know i have been a much bigger bloke in the past so you know i've lived that part of my life i quite enjoy exercise now okay i like looking nice Uh, or, you know, not that I didn't look nice before, to be fair, but this is how I like to look at the moment. So I like keeping it in check. But again, I feel like sometimes the chase is better than the catch. I've been watching, <laughs> watching all of these videos about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And I know I'm in a couple of weeks, I'm going to allow myself some treats. And I know as soon as I have it, I'm going to be like, is that what I was waiting for, really? Yeah. The anticipation is better. Yeah, I think you're right. And then the guilt and regret. Yeah, I'm going to try and avoid that. That's what I'm going to try and avoid, the guilt and regret. But I know it's always sneaky up around the corner yeah (laughs) (laughs) what do you think about this then Matt I think you're in a similar position that you restrict the things you like your your treats in life so maybe this is an alternative for you Um, it would just make me really hungry and I, I would go off the rails like I can't have anything like with everything in life I take everything too far if I was to have a biscuit like shit would go down like I cannot stop and something triggers in my head that goes right let's fucking go for it you know, and I'll eat everything and like literally be sneaking off to the kitchen like a fucking crackhead on my own, <laughs> opening the biscuit jar and eating as many as I can so no one can see me. So um, I, I can't, I, I don't allow myself any of that anymore unless I really go to town. And then I can do, you know, I allow myself that moment of gluttony, which I enjoy. Big day on Father's Day this year you had, didn't you? You always do Father's Day with your chocolate. Yep, yep. Eat as much as I humanly can without <laughs> dying on Father's Day, which I enjoy. And birthdays, Christmas. You know, holiday. Holiday is a bit of a disaster, actually, because holiday's a bit too long. Yeah. You can do a lot of damage in a week. Yeah, because Christmas is sort of all right if you just do, like, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, Boxing Day or whatever. Three days you can probably get away with. Yeah. A week to two weeks, that is... Oh, that's a nightmare. Yeah, it's a shit show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of bounce back from that. The thing is, I get it because it's quite impressive, but the one video of this I've watched was so sad. Yeah. (laughs) If you put it in the Take Modern as a performance art piece, it would win some sort of prize for being the most uncomfortable thing they'd ever put on. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I picked badly, you know, I need need a a better selection of videos, but I just, it doesn't sit well with me, these videos. They're really weird. Look, I don't feel good about the fact I watched them. No. There's a reason I've brought it to this podcast and I've never 
never mentioned it before <laughs> on any other public platform. I think potentially this could be a bad, bad for me. Really, Matt? What about you, Matt? See, I don't know. I don't know. I feel okay with it. Like the only thing... Oh, actually, no, I've just had a thought. Right. Is this sending a bad message to people? Is this going, you can eat fucking 10,000 calories and be as ripped as me? Is this the message that we want to deliver? Well, I don't think people are thinking that, are they? Are they like, not? People aren't watching, they're going, well, it, this isn't working for me. <laughs> you know, it's not like the Atkins or something. Yeah. They're normally very pointed in the videos where they're like, this is a cheat day. Don't do this every day. This would be an absolute nightmare if you did this every day. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it, Matt. Well, they agree to disagree. Matt Richardson, do you think you're against it? Because me and Matt Willis, clearly, we're trying to look after our health. We're not eating too much stuff. You're a natural skinny boy, right? Yeah, but I mean, slowly, more and more, I'm having to, like, curtail certain things. I think maybe what I don't like about it is I see myself reflected up there. So you're watching it going, God, look what a mental day they're having. Whereas I've had two donuts already, and it's 25 past one. Have you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I saw him eating one earlier on. I was like, wow, that's an interesting snack choice. If it's in the house, it's gone, mate. Like, two giant packets of prawn crackers, out, done. And that's like a 1,000 calories a packet. So, I mean, that's the difference between us, is you have donuts and prawn crackers in your house. Do you live in a restaurant? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's too much like my diet. I'm not healthy like you two. So maybe it's a bit too close to home for me. Um, Ed, can we have your next confession, please? You can. I spend 50% of any given day plucking my own nose hairs. Why? It's It's an awful, horrible feeling. Because I hate the idea of people being able to see that I've got nose hairs. I don't know when they started. I mean, it was fairly recently. Okay. I just happened to take a peek up there and suddenly they'd started sprouting, which seems unfair because I'm not a suit man on any other part of my body. I've always been like a weird, smooth otter baby. (laughs) And then suddenly I get like huge, great tufts of fucking hair pouring out of my nose. So I'm trying to get rid of them. But if anything, it just makes them grow back faster. Yeah, you're in a losing battle. Yeah, but I think it's turned into a nerve thing now. So I'll just do it out of nervousness. Like I'll just really try and get a big one and then yank it. (laughs) Where do you do this? Oh, wherever I am. Normally, I mean, at home in front of my mukbang videos uh, or or in the car is a big one as well. I sort of save the car for most of my disgusting habits. Mm. Even though you're surrounded by glass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I do all my nose picking in the in the car. Me too. You feel like you're driving fast enough that people will be like, was that guy... Pick- <laughs> <laughs> do you use tweezers? Do you have tweezers on your body for this or do you just go straight in with the fingers? No, fingers, baby. Mate, that's hardcore. Straight in with the fingernails. Straight in with the fingers, yeah. And also, with the fingers, you can get quite a few. Yeah, you can get a big old tuft. You can twizzle them up, I find, <laughs> and then just really yank and you, your eyes are proper watering. Do you find the release of the pain enjoyable at all? Yeah, I think I do. I think I find the release of the pain enjoyable when there's results. Okay. When you can see you've really pulled something out. But I can't get rid of all of them there's always a few in there would you not just buy a trimmer is that not easier that's a nightmare so i got bought a trimmer for christmas by my fiance thank you how much of the hint was that (laughs) and i don't like not being in control of what it's getting so i tried it and you just don't know which ones it's going to catch and then it yanks some and cuts some and no i'm not putting a buzzing thing up your nose it doesn't feel like a good idea i feel like going to liquidize your I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Right. Very true. Um, Matt, do you have a problem with nose hairs? I do. It has been a progressive thing over time. In fact, I was doing a job with some guys once and they bought me um, a waxing kit. Have you seen these? Like these little buds that you stick up your nose. And it's like warm wax and you stick it up and you wait till it dries and then you yank it out. And oh my God, it's like a forest up there that comes out. Then my nose felt so strange and bald and like air was just constantly blowing in it. (laughs) It was so sensitive and sore for like about a week afterwards. And now they seem to be growing back at a rapid rate again. Yeah, I mean, I have one. There's a battle I've got with one specific nose hair and it's actually, Mm. it's not mine. It's um, my girlfriend's nose hair. You know when you're watching something and you laugh like through your nose, you just go like that. And she has one that just flaps down when she does that and then hides again. And she refuses to accept. (laughs) She refuses to accept it exists and also refuses to let me get it for her. So I can't stop thinking about it. It's the like everything in our life. It's the only thing that I can think about. So I hope that she listens to this and maybe picks up your habit. Can you not get it as a surprise? Like, is that okay if she like next time she laughs and it pops out can you not just reach over and <laughs> yank it as quickly as possible like the karate yeah. kid if you do it quick enough she'll be like what was that like, nothing yeah <laughs> or just when she's asleep just stick some tweezers up yeah. there you'll get it that is probably the answer to that actually but thank you I mean it's a complete relationship Ender do not do that <laughs> do not stick tweezers up your sleeping girlfriend's nose <laughs> so I understand my nose hairs can be annoying but it's more more to look at for me at the moment rather than right. myself I can't bear pulling them out because it hurts too much I don't know how you're doing this all the time it's a very short sharp pain though well if you're doing it in the car and then your eyes well up and you can't see for a bit oh yeah but it only wells up on the side of the nostril is so i've still got one operational eye (laughs) driving with one hand and then yank with the other it's fine fair enough okay thanks for clearing that up for me feel much safer now i think i might get one of those waxing things i mean it's worth it just for a laugh yeah but it is horrible and also once you've done one you have to do the other one yeah but you know how horrendous the first one was yeah (laughs) but then the second one because i knew how much it was going to hurt i kind of half pulled it yeah it was horrible it was the worst so good luck i bet it was not the same next time if you do another waxing one it's not because the amount of hair it probably be less have you ever done one of those blackhead strips across your nose oh yeah so the first time i did one of those my girlfriend was like just go on try one of these try one of these obviously massively hinting that my nose was ridden with blackheads (laughs) and i was sort of less bothered about my appearance at the time and we did it on me and i pulled it out it 
honestly, it looked like a spider's back. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this forest of blackheads, and it's the most satisfying. And then my nose looked like Swiss cheese. There was nothing left in it. it got smaller. You <laughs> used to have a massive nose. Now it's tiny. <laughs> Um, and so then I was like chasing that high for about three months afterwards. I just kept doing them and it just hasn't been the same since. Is it the same with the nose hairs, do you find? Like after you get some really good ones, it's never quite the same. No, because I think they grow back quicker once you pluck them. And do you get, have you ever been caught doing it? Uh, no, I take, because like I said, I tend to do it in the car or I do it at home in front of my girlfriend. Okay, well, you know what? Like, I think this is, I think this is kind of fine. I'm a real, I love, oh, I love playing with my nose. I'm a real nose picker and fiddler. Like anything, like spots that are in, inside your nose and stuff like that become my obsession i'm quite a groomer myself as well like for instance when i meet people and if they've got a lot of say nostril or ear hair that's another one. Oh wow like when i see that they've got a lot going on i'm like how did you allow this to happen <laughs> do you not see yourself in the mirror do you not know that this is there like and you just allow this to be you every day I'm into the plucking myself. I think it's a good thing to do, especially because, Ed, you must have this. Like, when over the years when you've done clubs and things and they're quite small venues, like, I think if, if you've got something like that, a nose hair, I've watched a comedian in a tiny venue and not heard a word they've said because <laughs> they've had some nose hair. So I'm worried about spots and things because it ruins a gig because the audience yeah. are never quite with you because they're just sat there going... I wonder if he knows. Yeah, I, I completely agree with stuff like that. And spots, is oh. a, if you have a big spot as a comedian, all I'm thinking about in the whole gig is they're just looking at my spot right now. <laughs> and I used to have a real fascination uh, and worry that uh, audiences were only laughing at my jokes because my flies were undone. Like, that was a genuine... <laughs> <laughs> For about six months when I started out, I was like, well, my flies... I'd have to keep checking my flies to see see if they were undone when I was on stage because I was like, they can't be laughing at the jokes. <laughs> He's funny, that guy, but he keeps touching his cock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We would have enjoyed his stuff, but he's an absolute perv. Yeah. <laughs> I had an audience member once put their hand up in the front row and go, I'm really sorry, but your flies are undone. And the gig had been going quite well. No, of course. And after that moment, it never went well again. Then you're vulnerable. <laughs> I lost all power. It's the I'm really sorry that makes that so bleak. Oh, I did a tour show in Bristol once, and during the first half, an audience member went, why do you breathe through your nose after every punchline? <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, really made a thing of it. And then I went, that's such bullshit. Like, I don't do that, do I? And everyone cheered and said, yes, you do do that. <laughs> uh, so apparently after every joke, I was going... Into the microphone. <laughs> or into the mic as well. And they were like, you do do it. We've all noticed it. <laughs> so then I'm self-conscious. We had to go into the interval. And I started the second half on the offstage mic by just going... I'm glad I'm glad you owned it. I owned it and then it was fine. But then all the gigs after that, I mean, since then pretty much, I've been very self-conscious about doing that. So I don't breathe on stage anymore. <laughs> I suppose, especially in the venues you play these days, Matt, people can't really see your nose hair. But a rock star, like if you got your flies undone, well, that's part of the look. Whereas comedians, we're much, much easier to derail. You are quite exposed up there, aren't you, comedians, yeah. in every possible way? You can't do anything as a comedian. I only wear black T-shirts and black jeans, so there's nothing to comment on. <laughs> so audience members can't go, what, a bell end in stripes? I'd be more worried about playing like a big arena show or something because you'd be up on the screens. Do you not, is that not something you worry about, Matt, when like there's, you know you're close up on the screen? Well, I can't see them. Okay. Yeah, they're facing outwards. I can't see the screens. If I ever do look to the left and I see the screen, it does freak me out. 
because I'm like, oh my God, I'm singing. There's me on the big screen. It kind of freaks me out. I don't really like to do that. But that's what's so good about being in a band, I think. I think it must be much more difficult if you're a solo artist. Because if you're in a band and you feel in any way self-conscious or weird, you can just go into your instrument a bit and kind of look like you're really caring. (laughs) (laughs) Matt, what do you think about this? Um, I think it's good, bad. Like I am am an incessant plucker, puller, you know, if there's anything going on. If there's something I can trim, I will. I'm fully into it. Said too much, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm very, I'm very bad at any sort of trimming. I have to just leave it or if I start... I invariably mess it up and have to whip everything up. I've done that quite a few times. Yeah. This is going to tell you more about me than you, I suppose. But have you ever done a wax before? A full, like... A full Hollywood. Really, Matt? Why? Why? What the fuck? Uh, Oh, my God. Again, I'll ask you why. (laughs) There, There was an offer on at a local salon. What has prevented you from not doing that in the past has not been the price, has it? Well, no, but (laughs) but sometimes you think, can it be that bad? And it really is. Yeah. The worst bit is the little bit of hair that grows up the side of the bottom of your willy, you know, like the moss on the tree, if you'd left it, you know. Oh, my fucking God, they do that bit. That should not be pulled out. That is bad. I can't imagine how, I mean, let's just speak plainly, how the ball skin is resilient enough to stand up to a wax. Maybe it's just mine, but I feel like mine are made of crepe paper. (laughs) (laughs) I did spot for a while afterwards. There was quite a bit of blood on the balls. Oh, my God, dude. Fucking hell. But you're in a relationship already. Why does it matter? Well, I just thought I'd give it a go. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't think of anything worse. Once I had my chest wax, I get spots if I trim it. And I was like, right, okay, so cool. I'm going to go for a chest waxing. Easily the worst experience of my life, like worse than a tattoo. It was fucking horrendous. And I would never, ever, ever do it again. I talked to the lady and she was like, once we had a guy in here that had like raised some money for charity, like through his work to get like a back sack and crack, which is what you had done, Matt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sands the back. Thank you very much. He had to spend hours and like psyching himself up and pacing around the room for each individual pull. I mean, I cannot imagine what that was like. It was regrettable, but... You know, once again, I was struggling to finish that hour for Edinburgh that year. So, <laughs> okay, there we go. That's why you did it. <laughs> I need some content. Yeah. One more story is what I need for See, that. now I completely understand. it's terrible terrible, isn't it fair play oh my god so with the nose hairs i think this is a good thing to do as well i think it shows that you care about yourself and you know you do get into a habit of things i i love a pick of anything any spot i get one massive black hair that grows out my shoulder and i look forward to it coming back so i can get it again Mm. it's sort of once every six weeks it comes and it's really the highlight of that cycle so i think this is good bad i think it's good bad too well done Ed, can we have your final confession, please? Yes. I listened to the last episode that you released. And actually, my next one relates to something that Matt Willis said. Oh. I haven't finished a book in seven years. (gasps) Dum, dum, dum. There's more of us. I'm so ashamed of this because I don't think that would be necessarily what people would assume my vibe is. But I buy books a lot, by the way. I've got a lot of books. Yeah. But I just can't sit down and read a book. It's gone. That skill has gone. You said seven years. So that means you kind of get what the last book you read was. I think I think I know what the last book was. What was it? It's called The Bees. And I think it was about seven years ago. 
Seven years is an approximation, but it's been many, many years. And did you finish that book and go, well, that's me done then? <laughs> no, it wasn't, it wasn't based on that. I was like, well, I can't see myself reading another one of yeah. those things. Reading's overrated. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't enjoy that. Books are rubbish now. <laughs> no, I just, I think that was the point where, I, I don't know. I was just, I now don't have the concentration levels and I blame my general laziness and I also blame social media I blame television. I blame anything that distracts me, but I can't sit down and read a book. And also all you hear from people is, oh, I read a book, I read a book. And I feel like they're, sh- <laughs> feel like they're shaming me every time they say it. Where are you hanging out? <laughs> oh, I read, oh, like, oh, I read a book, I read a book. Who are you? Even like listening to podcasts or like seeing people on television and they're like, oh, they'll tell you what a good book is. It's like, well, no, don't tell me, mate. I'm not going to read it. <laughs> Do you know, I was a guest on someone's podcast the other day and um, the final question was, can you tell me a good book you've read lately? <laughs> I was like, oh, God. Um, Just couldn't couldn't think of one in time. But I don't count audiobooks. Oh, see, I would count audiobooks. No. Because I read... Really? But that's not reading. But it is. You finish a book, though. You you get you finish a book. It's the same. Well, someone handily tells you a story whilst you're doing something else. Yeah. I don't think that's quite the same. All right, mate. Like, tell your fucking kids that every night. By the way, you haven't read this book. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't. Daddy read this book to you. This is not making you cleverer. They haven't read the book. They can't go into school and say they've read that book. (sighs) Yeah. Because if they're not of reading age, they can't say, I can read now, someone else read it to me. I count audiobooks. <laughs> Listening is not the same as reading. Like, I don't listen to an album and say that I've read the sheet music. <laughs> I think audiobooks are reading, though. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I really like audiobooks, especially because, like you, I spend all of my life driving. Yeah. And it's sort of frowned upon to read at that time. <laughs> I would say I've read that book if I've listened to that book. If someone said, have you read that book? I would say... No, I haven't read it, but I did listen to the audiobook and I'd say it in an apologetic way. I'd be like, sorry, I'm an audiobook guy. Right. I think that really splits hairs. I think I'd go, oh yeah, I read that, it was good. I wouldn't go, well, it was good because Stephen Fry read it to me. I think, but I think, I think reading for me, certainly when I used to read back in the day, reading was all about sort of completely putting yourself into that world of the book and shutting everything else down and focusing on the book and really taking it all in and using the imagination. An audio, but you can just whack on while you're driving, whack on while you're cooking. I don't think you're taking it all in necessarily. Mm, yeah, maybe. I, d- I don't know. There's nothing wrong with audiobooks, by the way. I just, no, no, no. In my mind, I feel like an audiobook is less of an achievement than reading a book. Do you feel like a bit of a cheat? Yeah, definitely. Oh, I see. I, I do disagree with you then. An audiobook is something that I would put on in the car whilst driving to educate myself on something. I wouldn't listen to like a story about, I don't know, some galaxy people or whatever. You know, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't like listen to something like that. Like, because I'd be like, this is a waste of my time. I could put the radio on. Was that the book you recommended at the end of that podcast? Galaxy People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my book. I'm writing yeah. it. It's I'm looking forward to that, that hot years. new sci-fi novel from Matt Willis. Yeah, yeah. Galaxy People or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Galaxy People or something. You know, so I do feel like an audiobook is, is very different. Okay. And also, like you said, reading is something where you have to kind of put all your attention to it and kind of use your imagination. I just can't be asked. Yeah. Do you even start books? I start books. Yeah, I have started books. Now, even less so now. Now I don't kid myself. <laughs> I know I'm just going to get like two chapters in and go, I can't wait to read the rest of that. And I'll put it next to the bed 
And then in six months' time, I will move that book and there'll be a square of clean carpet where I've hoovered around it. (laughs) (laughs) I will read like half a book and then read something else and then go back to the other one. Well, that's very impressive. Yeah, I'm not doing that. And then I just go back a bit to kind of work out what I've not remembered. Like my reading tastes haven't developed because I've not been doing it. So I I still buy every book by Chuck Palahniuk, who was my favourite writer when I was 15. I still buy everything he releases and I just don't read it. You just collect them. Like, and I'm sure if I went back and read some of the stuff he wrote in the past, I'd be like, this is rubbish. Yeah. But now if anyone says, who's your favourite author? I just say Chuck Paul and it because I'm 15. I do still have the same music tastes though, to be fair. <laughs> so nothing's changed really? No, no. Oh yeah. I mean, I suppose it is something that is a bit embarrassing not reading because everyone says they do it, but I think people don't read as much as they say they do. No, no. So I think you're being shamed by people trying to look clever. I hope so. I mean, what kind of, books do you start ed and don't finish like name us a few that you started so I, what i'll do is because i get quite obsessive and that goes for you know everything in my life like anything cultural like tv shows like bands anything like that i'll decide i'm gonna get into something and then i'll have to really get into something yeah so i bought loads of books by murakami and i've read you know haruki murakami and i've i have read them in the past but then i think i've got all of his books because they look clever but I'm just never gonna. I'm just never gonna get them. <laughs> uh, and then once I accidentally bought a book by Ryu Murakami, and it, they're like that thick, and they're fucking horrible Japanese horror novels. So I just read those instead. So in in conversation, I go, I love Murakami, but in fact, I'm talking about a horrible book. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the film Audition? No. No. What's that? Oh, it's 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 a brilliant Japanese horror film, but he he wrote the book uh, that that was based on. But so that that sort of thing I can do if it's very very short and I can hoover through it and it's just one story. Uh, but ed- anything like Murakami, yeah. Most books are one story. No, but you know what I mean, like no layers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No subplots or anything like that. I tried reading Game of Thrones. It's a fucking nightmare. I mean, I gave up halfway through the third one. I thought I know, the were... audio books are pain in the ass as well. The audio book is the funniest thing you will ever hear. The Game of Thrones audio book because he does the voices. Well, he does the voices but the voices change halfway through. What? So Tyrion starts <laughs> off Welsh uh, and then oh, and then yeah. goes West Country about halfway through the first book. <laughs> he gets all the names wrong. So he, he does it in one take, this guy, because they're so long, obviously. Like, he's not stopping and going back and retaking anything. Uh, he'll call Joffrey Jeffrey, <laughs> but he'll say Joffrey and Jeffrey in the space of one sentence. <laughs> Yeah, I think the problem with audiobooks is they can be made or broken by the narrator. Yeah. And the guy, I did start the first Game of Thrones on audiobook and he was terrible. Yeah, really bad. But really funny, bad. But genuinely, <laughs> genuinely terrible. Like, I was like, I'll listen to the first one, but I'm not going to go any further with this because it is. it sounds like a man's losing his mind. Yeah, it really takes the cool sheen off Game of Thrones. That. Yeah. 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 Look, I disagree with you on this. I think you have read books because I think audiobooks count. Okay. I think you're beating yourself up for no reason. So I can't even say this is bad, bad or good, bad really, because right. I think you've given yourself too hard a time. Okay, on a technicality, I understand that. I have also given up on audiobooks as well quite a lot. Like, I bought an audiobook <laughs> and I've lasted a little while and just gone, fuck this, and started something else. Like, in fact, on my Audible account, there's probably about 70 books in a row and I think maybe one of them is finished. Really? So, um, yeah, I just have a really short attention span. Haikus, Matt, that's what you need. A few little haikus, just... Haiku poems. One a day, <laughs> then you'll smash through those. <laughs> yeah. My friends have written books, like, you know, comics have written books, and they'll send you a copy. 
I'll put a picture of myself reading it on Instagram or something and then <laughs> put it straight on the shelf and go, when is the when is the audiobook coming out? The fact you're pretending to read is yeah. sort of probably, that's part of the issue. And you can tell I've got the, yeah, I've got the yeah. book upside down quite a lot. I'm cross-eyed. You know, I'm clearly not reading. <laughs> so what do you think about this, Matt? You think he's being too hard on himself? I think audiobooks count. I would say if I've listened to an audiobook and someone went, have you read that? I'd go, yeah. I wouldn't go, oh, God, I did the audio book like, and sort of really taught myself out. Right. Because I still know what happened. I still enjoy And, and yeah. you know, I don't... Also, like, I tr- tend to read stuff that I think is quite enjoyable. I'm not, like, trying to read things to better myself. I read a lot of trashy crime thrillers and things like that that are basically the the equivalent of a really shit Bruce Willis film, but written down. So, you know, I, I would say that's an audiobook is better than that. But I suppose you're right. Like, no one... If someone says, have you read that? And you say, yes... And you've read, you've listened to the audiobook. You've still consumed it. Also, there's no follow up. No one's going. All right, what page does chapter seven start on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all in my head, isn't it? It's not. Someone's not going to be angry at me for listening to the audiobook. I think it's not to be ashamed of. It's good, bad. I think it's good, bad. I'm actually really pleased that this has happened because it makes me feel like less of a loser. Yeah, because <laughs> someone else. Yeah, but the difference is, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, I just can't be asked. Thank you very much for coming on, Ed. Um, we really appreciate it. That was great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been really fun. You also have a big podcast called Off Menu, which is absolutely brilliant with James Acaster. Is it on at the moment? Uh, yes, it's on at the moment. I, I think we're on series four. We're about halfway through. But yeah, they're all out there in all the normal places. I also do a show on Radio X on Sunday mornings with uh, Matthew Crosby. Uh, and there's a podcast of that. I also did a podcast about heavy metal for spotify called lifers which you can go and get as well i saw that advertised on reddit oh there you go lovely well thanks very much um it's been a real pleasure thanks a lot all the best cheers that was really fun there we go that was ed gamble great stuff yes do you know what i realized about three quarters of the way through go on i actually was a member of a gym not too long ago in town it was quite a swanky place right yeah and there was one guy who would train there and he had all these kind of like quite metal tattoos over his leg. But we were both in masks, so we couldn't see each other because you had to wear a mask in the gym. So I never knew who it was. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've realised that was Ed Gamble. Yes. So me and him have both been grunting and sweating in the same place at the same time and never realised. What a weird little connection. Yeah, he does. He's covered in tattoos, but not anywhere you can see. Yeah, yeah. It's all his legs and stuff. And they're very, very heavy metal tattoos. I was looking at him, I was like, he loves it. So the thing is, you meet Ed and he's like a lovely, quite, quite a posh boy. And then like, we'll be, I'll be like, what have you done this weekend? He's like, I've been to Bloodstock. Yeah. <laughs> Wicked. You know the metal bands whose names you can never read that look like roots of a tree every time? Like, yeah. Whenever yeah, I see totally. one of those fonts, I think, I better gamble sin them. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. If you want to hear an extended version of this episode with an extra confession, you can sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash WNOW. If you don't want to sign up to the Patreon, that's fair enough. But do us a favour, leave us a review and a little recommendation wherever you get your podcast from. That always helps. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Peace out. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.